Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com.
and all those that ridiculed and mocked the name of Jesus. Yeah. He'll yeah. be the victor and we'll be right beside him. Won't you glad of that to Oh my goodness. Man, y'all don't sing people to bed. I've been feel like I've sung 15 songs. And I love the preacher I'm going to tell you, I'm going to brag on the church and brag on the Lord. You, this church is amazing. I'm telling you, you can feel the Lord when you walked in. And uh, we got here yesterday evening and was sitting up and I thought, I know we're going to have a time. I saw the song books that's in these pews. That's the song book I was raised on. There's not many numbers that you can name out loud that I can't name what it is without looking. And I love it. Amen. And I'm glad there's a sense of the Spirit of God here. And my wife said it, but we go to a lot of places and they look at you like they just sucked on three lemons before they walked in the door. But I will tell you, I've been to Calvary. And I felt this sweet goodness. Amen. And I'm glad today that I can proclaim <laughs> that I know that I'm calling It's not by my works or what I've done or how good I'm sitting or how good. No, I'm country. Don't let this fool me. I'm a country guy. But I will tell you, I know that what I feel is real. And I'm glad it's real this morning. I, I will tell you real fast right there on the end is my sister-in-law, my wife's sister. Her name is Alicia. This is my wife. We just celebrated 25 years of marriage together. And I'm glad that God ordained marriage between a man and a woman. And I'm glad we celebrate that. And uh, that's my wife, Melina. Erin will come up here in a little bit. Our daughter is always with us. Always with us. But because of our schedule being gone all the way through Tuesday night, she's got college and they are strict on her. And she's not here. And I miss her. I'm sorry. I miss her. And I love to see her smile and sing. But maybe next time. But anyway, her name is Bethany. I'll tell you who she is. And then, that, like I said, that's Aaron. That's the pilot family. We're from Eva, Alabama. But uh, I'm Brandon. Doesn't matter, does it? I'm Brandon. And we're glad. And listen, when we walked in, I, everybody was smiling and welcoming. And I just want to extend that appreciation to you. Yeah. Y'all might think I'm crazy, but I'm going to tell you, you just don't get this everywhere. Yeah. We were raised up shouting miles and running miles. And uh, if the Lord. I, my preacher's jumping to I'm sure this one does a few times. And uh, I, I like it. I like it being real. I like it being real, man. You don't just read from a book. You, know, you don't just look at the uh, the hymn and just don't feel it. I like it when it's real. I like it that's something real. Amen. I want my wife to come up here and sing a song that was it was sung about twenty something years ago by a group not far from here. And uh, you, I've been watching y'all been singing along with us, and that's fine. Sing, all right. Let's just sing together. But uh, I was reading the scripture, brother John chapter twenty one, uh, where they go out on the boat. It was after the resurrection, and uh, here in just a minute, Jesus is going to appear to them for the third time. And uh, Peter and all them were on the boat, and you know, they told all night and didn't catch a thing. And we could go into a lot right there. But they had not caught a thing, and Jesus appeared on the seashore over there. And he said, children, have you any meat? Yeah. Well, while that was going on, Peter and all them were probably thinking, well, Lord, uh, we've been here all night, and we ain't caught a thing. He said, I'll tell you what. You take that, I'm just paraphrasing. He said, you just take that net and you just <laughs> yeah. throw it on the other side. Yeah. Now, I don't know how wide that boat was, preacher. Could have been as wide as this aisle. I don't know. 
But I do know this, when the Lord showed up on the scene and, and already knew the, their story, already knew what they'd been dealing with. Now, these were, these were professional fishermen, though. All right? They knew the temperature of the water and the wind that's blowing and the depths of it. And they'd done this thing before and couldn't catch a thing. Let me say this real quick. And I don't mean to preach here, but I think it's important. Uh, a lot of times, we'll try to do a lot of things on our own when all we have to do is go to God's Word and figure it out. And here they are doing all those things. And I believe this with all my heart. I believe the Lord, just before he walked up, I believe he spoke to a school of fish. He said, swim to this spot. And you stay. I believe it. I believe you have power to do anything. And, I believe, and the Bible says they threw the net. And it doesn't go much further to say how long it was there because you know what? The fish were waiting. And they just so happened to knew, know, knew, know, I'm from Alabama, sorry. Uh, they had to know how to get in their in position to get in that net. And when the, the minute they started pulling the net up, guess what? The Bible says that they started dragging it up. I will tell you, he'll load your wagon if you'll do what, you, if, if you do what he's called you to do. And you'll mind the spirit. But it was all because they went to the other side. And I want to, ch I want to challenge you, friend, and understand good things on the other side if we're compressing on. Amen. Those followers of Jesus distressed and discouraged thought Jesus had left them in a bind. They had given up Spend a lot of 
nothing that can outdo the grace of God. There's nothing that can overcome the love of God. And I'm glad there's nothing that can erase the mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to bring up our son Aaron and uh, tell you a little quick of his testimony if I can because this is kind of, I guess, y'all probably have a lot of groups come through and uh, as you can see, we're just mediocre, but we love the Lord. And you know those people that will say, don't mind how we sing. We try to sing good, but it's about the message and I get it. Yeah, I know. Uh, a lot of times we see somebody crying, we just start to cry. And I found out that sometimes crying along with you instead of singing to you is all right to preach. This is our son Aaron, and he is—he'll uh, be 23 in June. And uh, I think Miss Miss Mildred Potter is the one that called me to book us to the church, and and she called me. And she, first thing she said, she said, "Brother Brandon, won't y'all come?" She said, "But first off, I, I want you to know something." I said, "Okay, now y'all, y'all tell her this." Uh, as she said, you have to get Aaron up there as fast as you can. And you have to let him sing. And you have to tell them what you told the other church when I was there. And I was kidding her. I said, well, why weren't you at your church when we were singing at the other church? And I was just kidding her. She, she's not here with us. But anyway, this is our son Aaron. And uh, uh, I'll just kind of fast forward a little bit. All the way up to six years old, Aaron was not able to communicate. He could not speak a true word. He, he, we didn't know what was going on year one, year two, year three. And he never did progress. And as as we went on, he he, he didn't con, he didn't grab the concept of uh, potty training. We tried every technique. We tried. Listen, I like I said, I was raised. Uh, and, you know, and, and we tried to do everything we can and, and, and try to force him. And folks, it was, it was to a point where we realized we were dealing with something a little more sensitive than just a disobedient situation. He didn't know what's, what danger was. He was sensitive to touch. He couldn't have a haircut hardly, even though we cut it. It was brutal every time that we'd go to the, or, or even he got to where Melinda would just cut it and it was off and he would scream. And we didn't ever, ever understand that. He couldn't tell us what was wrong and then he could not understand what we were saying to him. Now, folks, there was a lot of times we'd be out in the grocery store and because he couldn't speak, I know children will be children, but there were even adults that would look at him and just laugh and point at him. <laughs> Even when, when, when we let him down to try to walk with him, we would have to kind of hold him. And we'd have, have him say, won't they let him go and be free? Well, they didn't understand. And I could talk about a lot of things that happened in my life. I pastored for 18 years up until last, a year ago, this probably this week, I pastored. And we had a Christian school, and, and I taught, and I pastored, and, and, and there was a lot going on. And uh, uh, and so I understand children and I understand things, but we were we were we were at a situation where uh, I didn't really know what to do, and we tried everything, and so we decided something needed to be done. We drove to Birmingham to UAB, and y'all have probably heard of UAB, and it's one of the best hospitals. All the people around the country come to UAB to do certain studies, and so we took him to Sparks Clinic, and as we, we brought him there and brought him in, they took him back, and they allowed me and Melina to go to another room and watch him through one of them, uh, two-way mirrors. 
And as the professionals would sit down, and he, he didn't look at you eyeball to eyeball. He was, y'all, he was in his own world. In that little corner bedroom, y'all know what he liked to do all day long? And he still likes it. Instead of, he had toys all around him, but he never touched them. He wasn't interested in them. He didn't know how they worked. His mind wouldn't allow it. And you know what he did? He loved strings. Piece of yarn, something that come off our shirt, he would find it. He had a collection of strings in his room. And I would be at the door facing watch him, and he would have a string and do this for hours. Now, church, I'm going to make an admission to you. There were times that I would watch him and I think, why can't my boy be like all the other boys playing little league ball? Why can't they, why can't he be out there shooting basketball with the others? Why can't he be doing hiking trails and all those things with the scouts? I'll tell you something. God was preparing something bigger yeah. and more important than ball. Yep, yep. Can I yeah. tell you something? I'm from Alabama. Yeah. I get it. Y'all been frowning at me a little bit. <laughs> Y'all got it. That's all right. We don't want to damper the spirit here. <laughs> There's a lot more important things than ball. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Especially people dragging them to the ball field on Sunday yeah. instead of being in the house of the Lord. Yeah. I got to move on. Yeah. So here, here we were. And so there were days that he would... He, we just didn't know what was going on. So we took them to UAB. They went from room to room to room to room. And as they went from room to room, we could see them writing stuff and just shaking their head because Aaron could not do anything that they were wanting him to do. At six years old. And the next room, the next room, the next, all day long. And finally, at the end of the day, they brought us in a little conference room and sat us down. And it, the guy had... Uh, collaborated with all the other doctors and psychiatrists and occupational therapists and all these things. They all spent one day studying Aaron. They opened the big book and he looked at us and he started reading a few things. I, I was over my head. And finally, he just closed the book. He said, let me just tell you what you need to know. This is the deep professionals. They said, there's, a, there's, there's two things specific. Number one, He's six years old, but we've deduced that he's operating on an 18-month-old level. Number two, he, Mr. and Ms. Pilot, he will never say a true word the rest of his life. The best that you've gotten is right now. Because the older he gets, y'all are going to have to put him in a rehab. You're going to have to put him in a group home. You're going to have to let somebody else do it because y'all can't take him. And if you take him, you're just going to have to keep him at home. I'm going to tell you, we went to church every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, every Bible, vacation Bible, everything. And we did not hide him from the house of the Lord. Because we said, Lord, it doesn't matter if he can't talk. If he's breathing and his heart's beating and we can get clothes on him and get him in the house of the Lord, we know who can take care of his problem. But if, and so anyway, they said he has autism. He has an expressive receptive language disorder, which means he can't understand you and you can't understand him. And they went and said he's got all, and this is the way they were. This is all the other things that were wrong with him. Now I'm young. We're young at the time. And we drove all the way back. 
And I went to my bedroom, y'all. And all my life, at six years old, all his life, I've been able to, if he scraped his arm, we could put a band-aid on it. If he was dirty, we could wash him. If he was tired, we could put him in the bed. If he was a headache, we'd give him medicine. But y'all, dad cannot fix autism. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And I laid across my bed and I said, Lord, you made it. You're, Psalm 139 said that we're fearfully. Yeah. I've told this story a thousand times and it just gets sweeter. Yeah. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. And I said, Lord, you didn't make a mistake when you made Aaron. I said, but if you choose not to touch him, we're going to be the very best parents that we can be. Yeah. 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 But Lord, (laughs) if you choose in some way, the doctor said he wouldn't speak. The doctor didn't say that. The doctor said that he wouldn't know what love is. He might not ever say mom or dad or anything like that. I said, Lord, if you touch him, now listen, you better be careful what you pray for. I said, Lord, if you touch him, I'll travel every holler. There's hollers in Tennessee. I'll go to the hollers. The mountains, the valleys, the seaside, and I will tell everybody I can that it was you. Yep. And Lord, you'll get the glory. Yep. Amen. Now, I'll take a little longer than I would. I think y'all need to see this. So here we go now. He's six going on seven. We've tried everything. We put him in school. It was awful. But those ladies, even up to this day right now, they'll reach out to you. You know what they did? They didn't understand what he was trying to do. But you know what they done? They loved on him. And patted on him. And patted him, didn't they? And spoiled you, didn't they? That's right. But it was hard. But one day, preacher, let me get to the story. One day, I was in the kitchen and he was in the living room. And mom was, Bethany, our daughter, was real small. And for the first time ever, it's like God decided to just flip a switch. And I didn't know it. I heard these words in silence for the first time. Hey, Dad! Now, y'all, I've been a dad almost seven years, but never heard those words. How many dads have we got in the building? Raise your hand. Ain't it special to hear Dad or Daddy or whatever, Paul, whatever they call you? that special? But they're young. When they get old, they won't gas money. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dad, y'all, I dropped, I, I literally didn't know what was happening. I dropped, I ran, I use the word scalded dog, y'all know what that is. I ran in there like a scalded dog and I hovered over him and he was looking down. And for the first time ever, he looked at me, connected eyes, smiled like that right there. And I said, what'd you say? He said, hey, Dad. And I thought he was going to say something profound. He went, how about something to drink? <laughs> Y'all, he might as well hit a home run, some yeah. three point, it doesn't matter. Just at that moment, he proved every doctor, he had proved all those wrong. Yeah. You know why? When the great physician in his time yeah. decides to show up, then he'll do it the way he chooses to do it. Yeah. He learned to talk this way. I, got, I, I can say, he learned to talk this way. He loved music. We sang quite a bit. He loved music. 
And so he started learning words because every Christmas, every Easter, every birthday, all he wanted was gospel CDs and DVDs and preaching and all that. Do y'all know at our house right now, there's stacks and stacks because people got to find him out about his story and they sent him DVD. We've got him everywhere. He would come home from school, walk, say hi, and walk straight into the bedroom and put a DVD in and turn that TV. It goes to 50 on that little 20 inch screen. It'd go all the way to 50 and he would, he might not have known the words, but there was a gospel concert every, or singing every day in our little uh, house there in that corner bedroom every day. And then one day he was putting words together and he said, Dad, can I sing? I said, who am I to sing? And he couldn't sing. Somebody had bought him a tub and it had nothing but just soundtracks and we didn't know them all. But he picked one. Now he, y'all listen now. This is, I'm fixing up to be quiet. He picked one out of that Hundreds of things that were in there. He picked the soundtrack and he started practicing. We didn't know what it was. Two weeks later, he stood before church. And I didn't know exactly. He brought it. He took it to the sound man. Now, y'all, he's just barely putting words together. I thought, Lord, please help. He got up to the plate. And he sang this song. The first few words say this. And y'all know Bill Gaither. Bill Gaither wrote this song 40-something years ago. Bill Gaither, I'm going to tell you, I even told some people that are around Bill Gaither. I told them this. I haven't had a chance to tell Bill, but I want to. I'm going to say, Bill, you wrote this song for a little boy in Eva, Alabama, in a corner bedroom who couldn't speak, who was given up on. I want to tell you, you wrote this song specifically here because it says this. If you could see... What I once was, if you could go with me back to where I started from, then I know that you would see, and it's and it says this, a miracle. Yeah, Will yeah. it be all right if Aaron sang his testimony hey, song for you this morning? Yeah. Aaron, I want you to do the very best you can. This is Aaron Pilot. This is what God has done.
Yeah. I'm just trying to mind the spirit, but I don't want to yeah. over it. I just want to, whatever he wants. Amen. Amen. But this song kept coming to yeah. mind. We don't have it on here. And I thought, man, y'all are singing with us. And I feel like it's a choir. And I love it. But y'all do this with me. Aaron can help me a little bit. Everybody's going to jump in the minute I do. Ready? There is coming a day when all heartaches shall come. Church, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye.
Yeah. Realized I heard a, I, I can't find him. He's in here somewhere. I heard him say it, and I about shouted in Sunday school. He said I had to get lost before I could get yeah. saved. Yeah. He said I would become a believer when I got lost because I knew my condition yeah. and the position yeah. I was in, and I knew I had to call on a savior. I'm not saying, did you repeat a prayer? I didn't say, did you go get baptized? You can be baptized. Preachers said many times, you can be baptized from here to California and in every pond and every tadpole, know your name and still go to hell. The Bible says that we must confess our sin, believe that Jesus died on the cross, was resurrected. You can believe he died and don't believe resurrection, you ain't got the right faith. He rose on the third day, and he lives victorious, and he paid for your sin, every sin. And I got to thinking about something. We're trying to lose a little weight, and I, I thought to myself, there's a lot of times that you don't wear something for a little while, and then you try to get in it, and it just don't button. But not one time has any sinner ever come to the grace of God, and the grace could not cover every sin and wash away. You know what I like about this? He don't just cover it. And I know I said that, but he don't just cover you sin. You, I could put my jacket over this speaker, and you can still see the form of what's under it, right? Because it's, yeah, it's still there. Yeah. But what Jesus did is he washed away all your sin. Go. You might say, Brother Brandon, you don't know what I've done, where I've been, where I... You don't know my story. You don't know my scars. No, but I don't. But grace will take care of it if you'll come. Don't hold on to your past and your sin this morning. Come to Jesus. We'll, we'll sit down the mics. We'll pray. And, and listen, today could be the day. Are you listening? Hold on. I was tugging my heart to say that. Today should be the day that you come to the Lord. Yes, that's right. Please come. Yes. Yes. I, the old song uh, years ago, Spencer said, I want us to be together in heaven. Yes. And I want them all. Yes. Yes. You know what? I want every whoremonger to come to Calvary. Yes. Every drug dealer, every man, every drunk. I, I want, you know yes. what? Can I say that's this? Right. I want the religious man to come to Calvary. Yes. Yes. Not every man that said, Lord, Lord. That's right. Lord, I hope I'm giving listen, I'm not trying to give you an opinion. I'm giving you a book. I'm giving you a Bible. You look it up. We'll sit down after service. We'll get everything cleared out. We'll take the Bible and we'll show you the way to Jesus. If you need it. And I'm thankful today because I've done that. And I've seen my family, I've seen my youngins come to Calvary, come to Jesus and accept him. Because of that, every day, no matter what could go bad, brother, in that day, I can say I'm a blessed man. And I can count my blessings. And about two years ago, we went to Mount Airy, North Carolina. We're going to close right here. Mount Airy. And we walked in to Mayberry. That's where Mayberry is. Y'all smile. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And, and, and we walked into James Easter's little music store. And I said, Brother Easter, can we sing the song that you wrote with you? Somebody got their phone out and recorded it, and we got in, and there was every instrument in here, and I said, Brother, I know you can pick everything in here. I said, but can we sing this song? And we sang it a cappella, and people started pouring in that little, that little storefront, and the Holy Ghost of God fell in that place. Amen. And we kept just singing and singing. Little did I know, just a few months later, the Lord would call Brother James Easter on home. 
Every time I think, I think of that old frail arms, but man, when we were singing, he would raise that old hand. And that little hand would shake. I'm going to tell you today, that little old shaking man saw the Savior that he left from this walks of life. Because he's been to Calvary. We're going to sing this song. You mind the Lord. You mind the Lord.
And I just say thank you, thank you, thank you. Because, Lord, I can't think of any other words to say. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes, Lord, we just let our heart talk because our words can't come out. We just want to say we we appreciate what yes, you've done today. Thank you, Jesus. We appreciate, Lord, you speaking to Jesus, us and moving you. in our hearts. Thank you, Father. Lord, how we love you. Thank you for this dear pastor, this beautiful church, this dear congregation. Lord, let it grow in numbers. Let it grow in spirit. Let it grow in love. And God, let this community catch fire. Let them feel, Lord, the warmth and the, and, and the burning that's going on, Lord, in this place. And God, we'll give you the glory. We'll praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor, I'm going to turn it over to you. I'll say one thing, and then I'll... As we do have some stuff outside, uh, we've got some CDs. Aaron went and made a solo CD. I told him when he made that CD, I can't see. <laughs> when he made that CD, I told him I hadn't done it because I didn't want to have a haughty spirit. And I wanted to take all those seven or eight doctors down there and I wanted to drop one of the CDs on every one of their desks and say, this is what God can do. But if you come by and you want some of that music, we do have all three CDs, and then we have them on a flash drive. Some of you might have fancy vehicles. Uh, uh, and that's okay. That's good. God bless you. Do it. And some of them don't have CD players, but you got a place where you can plug in a USB. We've got that. All three CDs on one. You can see the ladies back there. We love you. Appreciate you. Thank you, Pastor.